Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today for our first podcast in our chronic disease podcast series. Today, we are discussing part one of our two-part podcast on the importance of home blood pressure monitoring. Today, we'll be discussing self, self-measured blood pressure and, blo- and the Quality Insights Blood Pressure Loaner Program. Before we dive into our topic, let's start with some quick introductions. I am your host, Courtney Masterson. I'm a practice transformation specialist here with Quality Insights and work on their state contracts team in both Pennsylvania and Delaware. I have a master's degree in healthcare administration that I employ while working with primary care providers to improve diabetes and hypertension outcomes within the state of Delaware. My background is is as a dietitian specializing in diabetes and end-stage renal disease. Joining me today for this two-part podcast is Katie Berner. Katie Berner is a doctorately prepared primary care nurse practitioner at the Pearl Clinic in Millsboro, Delaware. Katie has worked as a nurse in a health in healthcare for over 20 years and has a diverse background in healthcare services. Katie's practice areas and, and healthcare experience include the following areas, primary care, weight management, federally, federally qualified healthcare clinic, hospice, healthcare leadership, healthcare quality, staff development, and nursing education acute care, medical, medical surgical, progressive care, and ICU. Katie, before we begin, what is your favorite podcast this week? Well, hi, Courtney. Thanks so much to you and Quality Insights for having me. And my favorite podcast, because I am a huge podcast fan, is the team at Audio Chuck, Ashley Flowers and her crew, present a podcast called Crime Junkies, which they come out with new weekly episodes that I enjoy listening to. But this week, my favorite one is from the Audio Chuck crew and Ashley Flowers, and it's called The Deck Investigates. And this is a 40-year-old cold case from Argos, Indiana, that the um, Audio Chuck crew investigates and tries to help solve. Wow, I'm also a big fan of Crime Junkie. I was really glad when Britt came back and was healthy. Um, yes. You know, that was very scary having her out. Uh, I, myself, my favorite one this week is Stuff You Missed in History Class. So it's a very eclectic podcast that discusses a lot of different subjects in history. Um, some of my favorite podcasts for from that series are around women that were kind of overlooked in history. For example, one thing I didn't know prior to that podcast was that the technology for Bluetooth was actually created by a woman. Oh wow! Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, we can thank we can thank them for being able to drive hands free. Um, I'm gonna have to add that to my library. <laughs> it's a good one to to follow. Well, thank you so much, Katie. I know uh, the Pearl. Um, I know the Pearl Clinic is one of our great program. One of the great uh, clinics that work with us on our quality improvement initiatives here in Delaware. So Katie, just to get us started, can you give a brief introduction to what self-measured blood pressure is? Self-measured blood pressure is blood pressure that a patient measures on their own using a home device. The device allows the patient to measure their blood pressure independently. Okay. And so in this podcast, we're going to go a little bit more into the why things are, why the self-measured blood pressure is important. Um, But first, I do want to just give a little plug for one of our programs here at Quality Insights. So that is our self-measured blood pressure loaner program. 
Curl Clinic is one of our participants and I would say is probably our best participant in this program. In this program, Quality Insights lends uh, blood pressure cuffs to clinics. Usually we give about five, but sometimes in like with, with Pearl Clinic, we can give some more if they have a very big uptake of this program. Um, so once the cuffs have been given to the clinic, they are then free to give them out to patients who they think would benefit from taking their blood pressure at home. They, can, they will then discuss those blood pressures with their providers. And once the provider feels that they have adequate information and data, those loaners are then taken back to the clinic to then be given to another patient in the future. So Katie, can you tell our listeners why you think this program is important and beneficial for your practice? Yes, yeah, so we were so grateful for Quality Insights to approach us regarding the topic of a blood pressure learner program, because as a practice, we were discussing the literature and the new guidelines that have come available regarding criteria for diagnosing somebody with hypertension. So this allowed us to put that into practice as far as having the equipment of the home blood pressure machines to support our patients and helping us make that blood pressure diagnosis or helping us get their blood pressure better controlled. Blood pressure readings taken at home um, have found to be more consistent and more accurate than clinic readings. This was determined by a study done with Kaiser Permanente. The Journal of American Medical Association states that up to 23% of adults living in the United States are not even aware that they have high blood pressure. And this is such a big deal. And we can see this in our practice setting as well. Not only maybe that they're not aware, but there's also an aspect of denial when it comes to a chronic healthcare diagnosis. Without proper diagnosis and treatment, this leads to the long-term health effects that we see among our patients and a decrease in quality of life. Some of those long-term health effects can be heart attacks, strokes, and kidney damage, among many other problems. So the study I just talked about, conducted by Kaiser Permanente, was mentioned in the Journal of Internal Medicine. And this was a randomized control trial of around 510 adult patients living in the state of Washington who were patients at Kaiser Permanente in their primary care center. And the study was conducted over a two year period. The study findings showed that when the patients took their blood pressure at home, they were able to take more blood pressures than what we get in a clinic setting. So a patient comes in for an appointment, we get the blood pressure, but we may not see them again for a matter of weeks to months. Whereas at home, they're consistently taking their blood pressure and getting a reading. This allowed the researchers to see a more consistent blood pressure with the patient taking it at the same time every day and more frequently. So when they compared these results to the clinic readings, they were able to see that the home blood pressures were more accurate 
and they were able to get a better average to help support a diagnosis of hypertension or to prevent overdiagnosis related to certain factors that can cause blood pressure to go up, such as white coat syndrome. Katie, I, I know I'm definitely someone who has white coat syndrome. Until I get used to a doctor, every time I go in, I'll have a high blood pressure. Luckily, every single one has believed me so far, but I'm just waiting for the doctor that doesn't. <laughs> um, somehow, when I'm getting my blood drawn, it's always perfect. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> You'd think I'd be nervous then, right? <laughs> right. I know I am. And so you gave us some of the reasons, you know, for why it's important for the healthcare providers but why do you think it's important for the patients? So for the patients, number one, it gives them a better picture of what their blood pressure truly is, and it increases awareness. When you come into an office once every three months, once every six weeks, you're not thinking about your blood pressure, even though it's a part of every practice visit. Whereas when you say to the patient, it's possible that you have a diagnosis of high blood pressure, and I need you to help me either make the diagnosis or determine that no, this diagnosis does not fit your, your situation. So the patient becomes empowered, they become involved in shared decision making, and they're part of their plan of care. When a person is diagnosed with a chronic health condition, this can cause individuals to feel out of control, like they're not able to help resolve the situation going on with their bodies. When a patient's able to see for themselves their blood pressure readings at home at the same time every day with the same monitor and see that those readings are consistently high, this better supports the argument of well, it's just your machine. Well, I have white coat syndrome. Well, I just ran from errands. I'm on lunch break from work. This kind of remo removes those excuses in office for the blood pressure being high and helps the patient see that, yes, I'm sitting quietly at home and my blood pressure is consistently high every day every day or not high. So this paints a picture for them as well. Yeah, you know, I definitely as more as we move towards value-based care, it's, I think it's very going to become, you know, even more critical that patients are involved and invested. You know, I know when uh, as a patient uh, and as a provider, if, if you don't have the proper education, you can't have the proper motivation. Exactly. Um, so I've, I found that very important, both, you know, myself, when I'm a patient, getting information from my providers, and when I was still working at indirect patient care, you know, in dialysis. And as we both know, unfortunately, a lack of blood pressure control can end them up in that chair, which is where no one wants to be. Exactly. Well, that was a lot of great information, Katie. Thank you so much. Um, while we love to dwell on the positives of programs like this one, we all know that it also comes with some challenges. What are barriers, what barriers did your practice experience while implementing a at-home blood pressure monitoring program? So as a practice, when we first started to discuss this, the number one question, particularly in a busy primary care office, is time. How much time is this going to take to teach the patient? Um, who's going to teach the patient? 
How much more time will we need in the visit? So that was one topic of discussion. Then from there, we had to talk about workflow efficiency. In many primary care offices, you have so many providers and so many rooms. So if a patient's visit is going a little bit longer, it's going to allow for some rooms not being freed up and again can slow down your daily workflow. So looking at the workflow became important where the patient would move to during this teaching piece about how to do their blood pressure at home before the visit was over and they were ready to check out. And what were some potential barriers related to patient compliance for this program? So a lot of times the number one barrier is denial. Denial that there is a health problem. Often, as I said earlier, patients believe that they have white coat syndrome. Not saying that some patients don't because they do, However, patients tend to want to hold on to that and, and being able to, to check the blood pressure at home allows them to kind of let this go. So sometimes if patients don't really think that they have a problem, why would they need to participate in monitoring their blood pressure at home? Mm -hmm. So that piece and then a, a getting them to agree to the program, um, is is another barrier. So, you know, this you want me to do this every day? You want me to do this at the same time every day? What is the benefit in this for me? And then lastly, a poor understanding of their the diagnosis in and of itself. Just like you mentioned, uncontrolled blood pressure unfortunately can lead to chronic renal disease. And long-term chronic renal disease can often lead to stage five kidney disease and dialysis. And often I don't believe that people correlate high blood pressure with renal disease. And sometimes it's presenting that information that's a compelling fact to help patients be more engaged. Yeah, I mean, definitely just, you know, like I said, like you said, reaching back to my experience, I would say that it's, you know, that it was almost a 50-50 for the majority of the population of was it uncontrolled diabetes or uncontrolled high blood pressure that landed those people on dialysis. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, once they're in that chair, there's essentially two outcomes. They get a kidney, which as we all know, you know, they're not readily available or correct. it kills them. And it's, it, and it's not a fun process, you know, four hours of a machine pulling your blood is not enjoyable for anyone. So we, I definitely, you know, I see the importance of the patients having understanding. And I, I like your point of, you know, if they're seeing it, that it's every day, it becomes harder to ignore. Yes, exactly. Um, so finally for, for barriers, what would you see as a potential barrier for the future of maintaining this program? Well, like with anything, there are some barriers. One thing is the cost of the equipment for the practice. Now, part of the Quality Insights program is that you do get the loaner machines. However, these are electronic machines that can be purchased similar to machines that people can purchase at Walgreens or Rite Aid. They're meant from home use. They're not meant for wear and tear. And um, although pretty hardy, we never know what type of environments patients are coming from. So this can lead 
to a piece of equipment being turned that could be um, unclean beyond our ability to clean or malfunctioning. So we once once we have the loaners, if a loaner were to get broken, we would have to pay to replace the loaner. The other challenges, as I said, are keeping the equipment clean and keeping the equipment well-maintained and making sure that it's in working order. Yeah, I know that was definitely something that we encountered during COVID was all the conflicting information on, you know, how those machines could be clean, could be cleaned, how they should be cleaned. Um, and ultimately, it, it kind of put a, a pause to this program. So we were really glad that, you know, now that things are kind of, I don't want to say calming down, but more understood, probably, that we could have this program reinitiated out of a lot of our practices and hopefully help patients understand what's happening with their blood pressures. Because I, you know, Katie, I, I know we've discussed this prior to recording, but hypertension is is just so common that it seems like people really don't understand the dangers of it. That's true. Definitely understand. Well, just so we can finish on a high note, what would you say is the biggest benefit of this program for your practice and your patients? Definitely the biggest benefit was that we were able to accurately diagnose more patients with hypertension, particularly with my patients. This became a really good time for me to work with the patients who continually deny their hypertension diagnosis. And it was very exciting. And I actually look forward to their visits to say, okay, so let's, let's check that. So would you be willing to take this home? check your blood pressures, come back, talk to me about it. And, and let's make sure that you, you really don't have hypertension. Like let's, let's actually prove it by gathering some data. As you stated, you know, well, you hope there's nowhere more calm than their house. So that should give them a good, accurate reading as long as they're taking it, you know, properly. And that's the only way that some people are going to have that, you know, realization. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Katie, and to everyone listening for joining us. Please join us for episode two, where we will be discussing best practices for self-measured self-measured blood pressure in your practice.